So uh, we just want to welcome everybody to our study on intimacy with God and um, developing a Christ-centered, God-centered life and a heart that's after God. And uh, the handouts there that are outside are the ones from last week. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I have mine from last week. Yeah, this same as last week there. Yeah. It's the same one. Yeah. Yeah, same one. So let's open our time in prayer and get started if we can. Um, I'm sure people will filter in. Father, we can't help but uh, come to you this morning and just uh, acknowledge that uh, we need you. Father, I want to start our time out um, with absolute clarity that uh, we, we can do nothing um, that has any value from an eternal perspective without um, your Holy Spirit and you working in us. And Father, as we approach our um, the initial um, uh, crystallizing our call in this study, Father, and we um, look at what it means to have known you, to know you, walk with you, to please you, um, Father. I pray that you would just em- emancipate the very pages and the words that are um, nothing but life-giving in uh, Hebrews 11, Father, for us. I pray that you would help us to not only um, fully understand what is um, mind beneath the surface, but, Father, how we can um, understand what it takes to please you in our lives and how men and women of old um, did that and, and, and received approval from you. And, Father, I just pray that you would um, give us a keen insight into these things, Father, more importantly, Father, as we think about just our own lives and our application of these things to them, Father, I pray that you would just help them just come alive in our lives and to be able to see with absolute clarity how you are molding our decisions to um, call, uh, bring us to a place to be able to please you. Father, I pray that you would um, allow us to be able to, when we are with one another, to speak highly of your name make much of your renown, and Father, may you be glorious in our midst. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good. Um, Hopefully, uh, you've been um, tracking with some of the things that uh, we've been sending out and uh, everything. I want to kind of get a sense of where where we stand across the board uh, in the room uh, as to kind of where we're at going deeper and... uh, uh, we have uh, been focused for a number of weeks, and we have a number of weeks left in this area of what we call crystallizing the call under an orientation. We've covered, uh, Sam covered uh, Image Bearer and kicked us off, and then he'll bookend um, my time. I think it's on the 17th, 16th, uh, 14th of, uh, of, uh, of November from the standpoint of uh, stilling our heart for intimacy, and he'll start into that section at that time. And so um, in here, we've been focused on three parts. One is our quest to intentionally know and yearn to know God and seek him with all our hearts. Um, The section that we'll be in this week and next week, which is our motive to purposefully live for the pleasure of the king. And um, then following that will be our worship to honestly evaluate Evaluate and deliberately reorient the passions of our hearts. And so, as we think about that, we've we've got uh, a number of homework assignments for 
um, kind of this week, today, and then also for next week. And I call this part one and part two. If you look at the back end of your handout, second to the last page, uh, you'll see most of this written down, but I did clarify a couple things in my notes out to you this week along with what's here. And what I asked you to do or consider was to read Hebrews 11, 20 through 23. In this passage, uh, we, we, we take a closer look at Isaac and Jacob and Joseph on their last days of their lives. And um, I also asked you to kind of consider to, you know, in their lives what mattered most from this passage. I also asked you to consider looking at other possible verses in, your, in the scriptures that would bring um, clarity uh, to uh, uh, living a life that pleases God. And, um, and then I asked you for this week okay, to write down the topics you would want spoken to if you had the opportunity in your funeral. This could be areas, it's just really areas of, of opportunity, like, you know, my children, my uh, friends, my spouse, um, those who I worked with, maybe, um, those who I ministered with um, uh, uh, in, in ministry. Um, it could be a, a variety of different, um, uh, I'll call them voices, that in my life are important to me. Um, so my, my goal this week was to start to kind of put a, a border around this thing to begin with um, and just write down the areas of, that you would want a voice to be heard from um, uh, at your funeral. And I know sometimes it's hard to kind of think about these things, but these are the things I'll suggest as we get into our study today that will actually allow you to um, free you up to be able to, to focus on the things that are most important in your life to, uh, dur- during this time of learning. And so that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the part one. So well, let me pause there for a second and just get a sense of... Um, have we started it? Have we thought about it yet? Um, where are you at in that? Um, any questions before we talk about what's what's due next week? Okay. It isn't easy, is it? Did you get a chance to look at the um, the areas that I gave you some some examples on 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 uh, from my friend uh, who left Motorola. Um, he, I thought he did a really good job. He, he really thought it through from his perspective. Um, and there's some really good ideas there um, from the standpoint of, you know, just his life. Um, but it was good. Right. Like, that was like... That was, that was a real aha experience, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. What I think this journey is going to allow you to um, conclude it did for me, was the things I did really didn't matter at all. And it really came down to who I became and who I was. Correct. How I, how I, how I ministered to them, how I loved them well, um, how I was sacrificial in my life. Um, these are the things that um, you'll quickly kind of conclude on. At least that was for me. Any other thoughts in the first part here? Uh, Sammy. Yeah, I remember you said this act to talking about. Love it. Go ahead. Can you read it? 
He says, though the grace of faith is a versal use throughout our whole lives, yet it is especially so when we faith has its greatest work to do and help believers to dwell, die to the Lord, sign them of God's word, excellency of his word. Love it. It's Would you do me a favor and make sure you send that out to everybody? Um, I can't help but think of another verse, another song, the song that Anne sent out, Steiniger. I don't know if you saw that, but um, it was, "Oh, may all those who come behind us find us faithful," right? And uh, it's really speaking to the same things. And like, what would that look like? I just, I, I believe with all my heart that 99% of the people don't don't have goals and write them down. Probably 99.9% of the people don't write their eulogy down and want to work backwards to figure out what does it mean for me to change in my life today. Um, and so what a great opportunity for us to just take it seriously and think it through. And so any other observations at all? I mean, I know I was... Mm. Mm. And I mm. and how, how powerful that was. Powerful I remember. Was. I remember that, yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's great. Well, next week, okay, now you're going to translate it from a shell or a kind of a framework or an outline, okay, into just, if you had your druthers, what would you want that person to say? Like, just to say about you. Just write it down. Make it that simple. Just write it down. It doesn't have to be beautiful language or anything else. Just, what would you want them to say? Um, from their perspective, back to what you said, from their perspective about their relationship with you. Makes sense, everybody? Yeah? Yeah. You know, I just... I, I, yeah. But I just I want to share it. This is really the memory of him that is our God. Can Amen. Amen. It's as simple as that. Amen. I'm not sure it can be... And that may be um, the shell or the core of what you want people to say, but it may manifest itself coming different from your wife, may manifest it different from coming from here, right? And so, do you, you all see kind of how he did that? I thought that was really well done. It was to be able to figure out the core, kind of the core message, and then understand how you would want that manifested from different perspectives, maybe. Um, because every this perspective may have a different um, input. Make sense? So that's next week is to just write it down. Um, it could be the eulogy, it could be the um, epitaph on your gravestone, or it could be uh, the uh, eulogy that those people say of you, um, but or it could be both. I, I'm going to try to do my best to do both um, and write it down. So we'll have the opportunity next week to start sharing some of those if you want. Karen, there's a handout right out there. Um, uh, I'm sorry, right outside the door. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, any other questions on that for next week? Makes sense? Yeah? Okay, good. All right, so let's jump into our time together today. We're talking about crystallizing the call. And today's uh, learning objective is the same as we've had for this portion of our time, which is the second of the, two, of the three parts that we're focused on. If you go to the f- first page of your handout, you'll see that there. Um, learning objective to understand the nature of faith and the role my decisions can play in pleasing God. Nature of faith and the role my decisions have or can have in pleasing God. Um, if, if you have that handout there, Karen, the, the, the motive to purposefully live for the pleasure of the king is the second, the first uh, 
uh, fill in the blank there. Steal off of Dave's there. He's got the answers. <laughs> so um, last time we got together, or two times we got together before, we looked at, at the first page here. What does it mean? Uh, what do we mean by faith? It's assurance of things hoped for, the, the, the conviction of things not seen, and it's living life from a divine viewpoint, and uh, trusting God over time in a sustained obedience. And we looked at uh, seven uh, key essential ingredients of faith from Hebrews chapter 10. And we said that those are a daunting risk or conflict or crisis is thrust upon us, uh, a challenging struggle ensues, uh, fork in the road to make a decision. Um, a worthy object has to be seen because we're going to make a decision based upon what we treasure. Okay. Um, fourth is a conclusive decision of the heart to go left or right. A five is a resulting outward act of obedience. We walk that direction. Um, fifth, uh, six is a settled disposition of the soul. So this is you, this is either um, anxiety or. Or, 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 or trusting God. Um, it's either um, disappointment or joy. Um, you can see the, 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 the stark opposites between those different perspectives. And then last but not least, an eye to rewards. We'll talk more about that also. Um, so last time we got together, uh, we also said, uh, what is the nature of faith? On the second page, and we said that faith is, the, is not the absence of doubt, but it's the overcoming of doubt. It's the overcoming of it by making a decision to move through it. Okay. Second, we said the power of faith rests in the reliability of the object in which one's faith is placed. So unless I know God and therefore put my trust in Him, I, I'm not going to make good decisions in the middle of the, of, 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 of the crucible. Third is the, the degree of faith one places in an object is directly proportional to the knowledge of the object. My ability to know God helps me make those decisions. Um, uh, four here is faith springs into existence when I make a decision to please God. So open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 is where we were there on that. And somebody want to read that out loud for us? And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Okay, so we learned here from last time that a decision, I have to make an, an intentional decision in my life if I want to please God. So back it up again. So if I believe my heart and my life is, it was created to please God, then I can't do that without making a decision. And, and I have to make a decision in order to exercise faith. Does that make sense? That's what we're getting at here in this, in this kind of uh, disentanglement of, of what, what faith is. Um, it's, it's a decision to please God. And we said that according to this verse, um, faith that pleases God is always comprised of two parts. First, that He is real. Um, second, that He's a rewarder. Uh, first, that he's a real in that, um, and we looked at verse two. If you look at verse two or three, excuse me, he says that um, one has to. The illustration he gives us here is one has to believe that God created everything. Otherwise, you're starting from a premise that gets you so far off the tracks down the road that you, 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 you you're trying to make up things from from a premise that never was. And so his his whole point is like faith starts with believing that God is. He's a rewarder of those who 
who diligently seek him in, in their life. And so that's, what, that's the quest we're on, is to gather collectively to be able to figure out how um, we can collectively uh, go down this journey of knowing God, pleasing God uh, in our life. Um, so then last time we got together, we drew some things on the board here, and uh, we, we looked at this illustration in verse 3, which was um, about creation. And he says uh, uh, that, in fact, faith involves understanding God is the creator, and uh, he's, and we are the creation. Um, second is, we looked at verse 4, uh, talks about uh, uh, Abel, and we said that this is... Um, that faith involves uh, worship. And worship here is, is that he had right worship. Um, he he um, believed God when he told him what to do, and he did it. Um, and so one of the things we said here is that this journey is, understanding, is a journey of understanding individually that I'm a worshiper, and I worship all the time. I worship every day. I worship with every decision. And it's either I'm going to be worshiping myself and pleasing myself, or I'm going to be figuring out how to worship and please God um, in my life. And so how does that manifest itself? For, for Abel, it manifested itself in, in obedience to God. The third one here is in verse, verse 5. Um, verse 5 talks about, uh, by faith Enoch, when he was taken up, uh, he, he would not see death, and God took him uh, up because he obtained witness before being taken up that he was, quote, pleasing to God. And so his walk, uh, his walk was where he demonstrated um, uh, his faith, if you would. And so um, he just walked right into eternity. <laughs> Isn't amazing? Like, how crazy is that? And then number seven here is um, Noah. We looked at, by faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark. Um, he became an heir of righteousness. And so we, here we see faith, walking by faith, it, it uh, looks at his work. And he works for a um, hundred years, not knowing the answer, not having the outcome, not having ever seen it before, but he is working in a way that pleases God. And so we said faith without works is dead, and this is translating into trusting and obeying God in the middle of uh, our work, so to speak. So that's kind of uh, the beginning of what we looked at last time. And then we uh, started into verse 8. And so um, let me quickly share with you what the other ones that we hit on last time. And we'll pick up where we left off, if you would. Um, so we said, verse 8 uh, says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. So faith uh, involves becoming fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Um, in order to be fully persuaded or concluded about something, um, we have to trust. Uh, we, have to, we have to conclude that God's word and his character are trustworthy in order to trust him. Um, it's it's like living life in a reckless abandon without safety ropes is the is the way we put it. Um, so it's it's living our lives without safety ropes, um, and it's it's becoming committed to versus trying to, so to speak. Um, so faith involves becoming fully persuaded. Um, next thing we looked at was uh, faith involves completely turning our back on this world. 
turning our back on this world. The language he uses here in verse 8 is that he, he went out. He went out. He went out. And so um, we talked here about um, set ourselves as being, uh, as being apart from this world. Stop the tree hugging, so to speak. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this particular one in our time together today also. The third one we looked at last time is that faith, walking by faith, or in other words, pleasing God, is born in sacrifice and is costly. Is born in sacrifice and is costly. Um, According to Genesis 12, verse 1, uh, he says, leave all we know. Uh, He asks um, Abraham, Abraham to leave all he knew and to follow God's direction. We said that this was his family, friends, plans, agendas, dreams, desires. Um, we looked at Galatians 2.20. For me to live is Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. No, no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Um, another, thing, another way of saying this one, and you may write it after here in your notes. Um, I, I alluded to it last time we got together, and that is that um, walking by faith or pleasing God involves a death. Involves a death. Involves a death. When you think about that, just by saying it like I just said it, um, what comes to your mind? Like, that's not a fun thing to go after. <laughs> is that right? Involves a death, like, oh my gosh. Short term. Discomfort. Okay. Discomfort. Pain, grief. Um, in my last note I sent to you, I wanted to reference this book. It's Paul Tripp's. I just got it. Love it. It's called New Morning Mercies. You know, um, after the Lamentations uh, verse of His mercies are new every morning, right? And uh, it's a daily gospel devotional. Love, 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 love it. I'll put it again in the notes. Um, and I gave you the, the read for yesterday. In my notes, in in, 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 a, in a note yesterday, but I read today. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is it. <laughs> so I had to read this to you um, for today. Um, also, let's see, October 19th. Um, are you ready? <clears throat> By calling you to die daily, the gospel welcomes you to live eternally. Let me read it again. By calling you to die daily, the gospel welcomes you to live eternally. Contrary to popular opinion, death really is the portal to life. It is one of the principal paradoxes of grace. From a distance, it seems to make no sense at all. But you cannot understand God's work of grace in your life if you don't face this paradox straight on. It's clearly presented in the words of Jesus Christ. In Luke 9.23, he says, He said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lo- will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits or loses himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be shamed, ashamed when he comes in all his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Death leads to life. Something seems not right about this, but it is right. It makes perfect sense. 
when you face the reality that you and I cannot live for ourselves and God at the same time. We cannot live for His kingdom and our kingdoms. We cannot write our own rules and somehow feel like we're going to submit to His rules. We cannot pride ourselves on our independent righteousness and next cast ourselves on His righteousness at the same time. We cannot live for our glory and His glory at the same time. We cannot love the world in our hearts and love Him above all else at the same time. We cannot insert ourselves in the center of our worlds and have Him at the center also. You see, coming to Jesus is not a negotiation. Coming to Jesus is not an agreement. Coming to Jesus is not a contract. Coming to Jesus is a death. My death. He died so that I may live. Now He asks me to lose my life so that I may find life in Him. Here's what you need to understand. In asking you to die, Jesus is giving you eternal life the only way it can be given. He has to call you to die because you are in the way of, have, uh, of you having life. Let me say that again. He has to call me to die because I am in the way of experiencing life. It is my pride. It's my rebellion. It's my independence. It's my foolishness. It's my denial that stand in the way of His offer of life. We tell ourselves that we are okay. We act as if we're smarter than God. We act like our little kingdoms. We love our kingdoms more than we love His. We think our rules are better than His. We tell ourselves that present pleasure is better than eternal gain. If someone doesn't rescue us from our delusions about our lives, we will lose our lives. Yes, we must die if we are ever going to live. So grace is out to kill us. I love that. Grace is out to kill us. But in presiding over our deaths, grace gives life. Real, abundant, and eternal life. Don't fight the death of your old life. Instead, celebrate the new one that is yours by grace and grace alone. And remember that your Savior will continue to call you to die because it is the only way to live. I thought that was really good. And that's really what he's talking about here. He calls him to a death. It was the death of his old, all his dreams, Abraham's, everything he, had, he, he lived for. Um, he's saying, go out where? <laughs> I don't know, but go out. <laughs> and he said, and he went out. You're going to say something? Yeah. But that's not God's will. So talking by faith, even that remains. So recon, you know, I, I have to reconcile that part of it. That, well, yeah. that commissioning yeah. Commission. that has yep. is problematic. Yeah. That's a great way to have put it and tie it to that verse. It's just phenomenal. Because it frames this life yet to yet to be, right? Um, which ties it perfectly to pleasing God. <laughs> um and how problematic it is in our lives when we choose not to. Um, so, watching some, watching some people die, you know, and so looking about it this way, and that's wasn't thinking much about the movie or the content or anything else. A soldier united into our, our top all of None. military moments. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Any, any other thoughts on that? Yeah. Nick. Question by the fair as to when the kingdom of God say, Look here it in is you. in a fight of us. Amen. Heart, 
Yeah. Amen. He says that is glorious. It's like becoming more like Christ. That's our inner man is the process that that's happening. Amen. Well, good. Um, Let's go to where we kind of left off last time then, which is um, walking by faith or pleasing God involves a journey of desire or delight. A journey of desire or delight. Um, And this is the sanctification process. And it's moving from a have to to a want to in our life. And um, we talked about Moses in the uh, verses 22 through 24. He says... Um, excuse me, 24 through 26. He says, uh, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the Pharaoh's son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ, quote, greater riches than all the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So all the treasures of Egypt, that's like, I mean, he had access to an inheritance to everything. He was, he was the first in command um, underneath Pharaoh. All that would have been his. And he chose rather to, to align himself with the reproaches of Christ. Isn't that an gr- interesting comment um, as to the mindset that he had? Uh, he somehow had concluded, right, that, that this was more important, more important than, than that. Um, and we'll talk more about that when we get to that section. Um, so, um, I, I reminded each of us last time about this idea of um, the song. It says, like, you know, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim, light of his glory and grace. That very process of transitioning our eyes to him and then the sizzle of this earth growing strangely dim is it, it's 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 you can't do, have this experience here without having that experience there and, and 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 the song is talking about like in the process of as we do that the fade comes and the glory comes and it's 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 like um, directly proportional to where I've put my eyes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, huge point there. Um, and I think one of the things, I don't know if it was Sam or Dave, somebody brought up last time this concept of, of gener- generational thinking and how uh, like we're at places in each of our lives that are different but like we're in the journey of passing something on to those that come beyond us, and um, you know, do my children believe with all their hearts that that my delight is in is in God and God alone? Like, like I want them to believe that with all their hearts, and I don't want anything to have. To, have, to, to get in the middle of that and, and cause a problem. Um, we don't have much to pass on other than faithfulness. That's about it. Um, think about it. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. More important. <laughs> yeah. Amen. 
and yet, see how closely this ties with like Sunday morning sermon, right? Where, and Dave was talking about through the community groups, and we talked about in ours, like, you know, Michael mentioned, he says, like, all of us are nothing but one decision away from throwing a wrench in this faithfulness in our lives to our children. One decision away. Could screw it up tomorrow. And yet, um, God calls us to steady on. Um, okay, well, let's pick up where, where we left off. Involved, uh, walking by faith uh, uh, or pleasing God involves uh, a blessing, a reward, or an inheritance, or a promise. He says, um, <clears throat> he, was, he, he, uh, he went out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, he says, for an inheritance. <clears throat> where we are going and what we are pursuing um, and longing for is much greater than what we leave behind. Much greater than what we leave behind. Turn with me to Galatians uh, chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. Did somebody read that out loud? Galatians 3, 6 through 9. Even so Abraham believed, reckoned to him righteousness. Therefore, be sure that if you are sons of Abraham, the scripture foreseen by faith, preach the gospel before him. Saying all the nations. And uh, when we look at um, verse 14 together, he says, In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Verse 18, For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on the promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. You know, 1 Corinthians 2.9, you can write that down. He says, eye is not seen and ear is not heard, nor has ever even entered into the mind of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. Has prepared, so he's like literally, like completed action uh, for us in this way. So, like, like you can't even begin to th- consider or fully digest or think through or put your arms around what God's prepared for us. It's like mind blowing, stunning in its in its in, 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 in what it is. We can't even think of, think about what it is. And so, yeah, we in our puny minds somehow think, I can put my arms around what he's got prepared for me, and, you know, I'll judge it through, and somehow I'll find it wanting. No, it's like beyond all telling. It's going to be way better, way better than anything we can even think about. And uh, I'll suggest that that verse is not just talking about um, in eternity. It's talking about here and now, um, if you look at the actual context. Um, so it involves a blessing, a reward, or a promise. Next, it involves action. Faith involves action. It says that he went out. He went out. Our choices and explicit decisions will display will be displayed in our actions. That's why it says throughout this whole chapter, by faith they did this. You see that? By faith they did this. By faith, they did this. So our actions are literally declaring the quality of our faith. Does that make sense? 
Like they're declaring to others the quality of our faith because like, like I do things because I considered and decided things. And so that's what he's saying. Faith involves action. Next, faith involves a journey or a pilgrimage and occurs over time. Faith involves a journey or pilgrimage and it occurs over time. It took time for Abraham and all his relatives, Lot, everybody, pack up and go from where they were all the way to Canaan. Like, I don't know how long that took, but it was a long time for them to travel. Um, and so, we talk about this as being faith walking. Faith walking over time. I'll suggest it's nothing but declaring progressive sanctification in our life. It's the process of becoming more like Christ. And that's what this, how this manifests itself in our lives. It's our architect in our hearts. It's solidified by our actions. Um, it is a journey of dependence. One of the things that I find my, my own heart out of sorts almost on a day-by-day day day basis uh, is like thinking I can live independently from God. Like just being self-reliant or self-subsistent. Um, how does that manifest itself? Like by not praying as my first response. By thinking I can somehow take this on in my own strength. By I mean, it's, it's so ingrained in, in my life uh, to, to think that way and to act that way. But this is nothing but a journey of dependence on, on him. They didn't know where he was going. <laughs> they didn't know where he was going. So, like, somehow, the scriptures aren't clear. Like, God somehow took them, took them there. And you see this through the wilderness, too, right? They're, they're following the fiery, or the... Cloud by day and, and pillar by night, right? Like God is out in front, and all I'm doing is got my eyes on Him, and He's taking me where He wants me to go. Make sense? Any, any thoughts? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Amen. But it's fascinating. Back to your point is like all of us have been called, right? We've all been called, so we're on this journey. Like we are on the journey. Whether we're still or whether we're going, <laughs> we're on the journey. <laughs> it's really clear, right? Um, next, faith involves um, uh, uncertainty. Uncertainty. Faith involves uncertainty. Um, he says he's not knowing where he's, he was going. Not knowing where he's going. So, Hebrews thirteen five and 6. Would somebody read that for us? And six. So what's the perp? What's the outcome of concluding, like God is faithful and that He will never desert us and that um, He'll never leave us, um, according to verse six. Confidence, incredible confidence, and not just internal confidence but confidence that makes us actually declare the praise of God to other people. Like, to be able to say confidently to other people, God is my helper. I will not be afraid what man shall do to me. I will not be afraid. Declaring it out loud to other people. So they hear it. And they can be encouraged also. Makes sense? So, 
involves a journey of uncertainty. And, and, and it's the process of knowing the one who is taking us there, not necessarily knowing the destination. <clears throat> you know, George, from the standpoint of coming personally in your situation, you know, this is where you're living right now, right? You have no clue where the destination is going to take you. Um, but God's calling you to lean fully into Him in the midst of that journey to not knowing where you're going to go in this situation. And, and you can ha- have great confidence that he, he promises that He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to be with you. He's going to meet your needs. He's going to declare His praise through the journey when it's all said and done. It's an amazing thing. And so um, we got to be praying for you yeah. that you'll remember those things. Um, <clears throat> uh, faith walking or pleasing God involves alienation. Alienation. Verse 9, he says, um, By faith, Abraham lived as an alien in the land of promise as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Um, All the alien, verse 13, he says, All these died in faith without receiving the promises and having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Exiles on the earth. Um, 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12 talks about us living as... Aliens and strangers. Same word structure as we looked at that when we were doing our study on Peter. How do, you, how do we all define ourselves? How do we think about ourselves You know, from the standpoint of uh, are we okay being aliens in a world that is not our home? Um, any thoughts on that? I, I'll tell you personally... This, this idea of not fitting in is something I struggle with, personally. Um, I, I grew up overseas. I was born in missionary parents and came here around uh, 14 years old. Well, being a sophomore in high school, the most important thing to me was to fit in. I, I didn't want anybody to think somehow I was weird, different, like, um, you know, um, whatever. And so for me... Like I, I built my whole life around fitting in to this culture. And yet when I came to the United States and we touched down in New York, we got off the plane, my parents said, oh, so good to be home. Looked at them and I said, like, what are you talking about? We just left home. This was not my home. That was my home. And but yet I was forced to somehow fit in and somehow be okay with living in a place that wasn't my home. I know what this is like. It's hard because you want to be accepted. Um, but he calls us to something very, very different. You know, when we're in the middle of this, I wrote this down as like, do we disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed? You know, I think it's like, do we speak the truth in love? You know, when we see people tree hugging, like, do we talk to them about that? When we see people like putting down full foundation stones in the houses, in their houses, so to speak. I'm not talking about our houses. I'm talking about spiritual houses, right? Like, as opposed to tent pegs. Like, 
Do we talk to them about that? Like, that's going to bring you a lot of problems. Like, do we care enough about one another to be able to speak into one another's lives and remind them that this world is not our home? Like, like, like there's more to come. Best is yet to be here. Um, and I think um, it, it behooves us to take this seriously. And I, I think about my children. I had a wonderful you know, opportunity um, just the other day with my son to be able to talk about like um, difficult things, and like I was able to like I mean I could have sh- shied away from you know speaking about um, things, but yet that's the very thing he needs to hear is that like how did I screw up in my life? Like like what are the mistakes I've made, and like how like might he keep from making those same mistakes? Um, and here's what I learned through that process. It's about like doing a very simple thing, which is like, do I live my life to please God? That's it. Go forward and conquer. Have fun. Do whatever you want. If you can do it and please God, have at it. There's only that's as simple as I can make it um, in my own life um, to be able to remind myself. Any thoughts on that? Make sense? I got to be okay with living as an alien and stranger in this world. Um, it's a concept contrary to how we're, we're hardwired for relationships. Amen. Uh, and I guess acceptance is a Amen. 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 Uh, so I, I think we probably all can. I keep thinking of parallelism with a thing of driving a car. As a newly minted 16-year-old driver, it takes a lot of conscious thought to put that car on the road and keep it there. As you learn and as you progress, there's not that much conscious thought. Mm. You're aware of the consequences Mm. if you get off the road. You're aware that the consequences are there, but it's easier to travel down the road. Yeah, very much so. Because you have more confidence in your ability. Yeah. See it becoming easier, too, over time. Yeah. yeah. Um, next is uh, walking by faith or pleasing God involves putting tent pegs down uh, versus foundation stones in this world. He says he dwelt in tents. He dwelled in tents. Um, what's the very nature of tents? It's that it's what? Temporary, not permanent, right? It's temporary not permanent. And we must hold the things of this earth very loosely. We must be willing to pull up our tent pegs and to go where God wants us to go. I've been, I've, I've been um, accountable for um, putting down too, too deep of foundation stones in my life in, in areas. And I'll, t- I'll tell you, when God wants to take you someplace and you have deep foundation stones, and he's going to obliterate it. He's going to literally blow it up if you don't watch out. Um, because he has his plans. And his plans are far better than mine. Um, so be, just be careful with how permanent those are in our lives. Um, next one is that he ensures that obstacles will come our way. Um, he ensures that obstacles will come our way. He says he dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. But they did this in tents for over a hundred years. A hundred years. 
Now, if you're American, you go, 100. It's 100 years. <laughs> um, but uh, what's fascinating in, in dwelling in a tent, I don't know about you, but I mean, there's no running water. There's no uh, bathroom. Um, there's no, um, like, I mean, these are, um, they're, they're not, when you have a storm and, like, really strong winds, I mean, they tend to blow them down, right? Um, they're not fortified that way. And so, uh, plus it's, like, tight quarters. I don't know about you, but, like, I mean, you're sleeping with them right there in the, in, in the room kind of thing, you know? Um Tight quarters with relationships with people, whether they're Isaac and Jacob, or you know, or whomever, um, brings challenges. Brings challenges in relationships, and uh, um, it's important to understand that as those challenges come forward, um, we we will either be developing our character or displaying our character before others. One of the two is going to happen. Um, if we've already learned something about that, then he's, he's going to allow us an opportunity through the situation to display it for others to see. But most importantly, I don't know about you, but for me, it's about developing my character. It's about like something God's doing in, in my heart uh, through that obstacle. And our decisions over time create an evolution of solidification or commitment. I think of a tree's rings, right? I mean, every year was another year. Every ring is another year of, of, de- of decisions made in my life. And after time, what happens is, is like I create patterns in my life that become like who I am. Like it just becomes who I am. And, and um, we, we have to change that. If we're going to change that, it takes, it takes a lot of work. Um, Want to hit a couple, one or two more here, real quick. Um, next, uh, faith involves keeping an eternal perspective or passion. Eternal perspective or passion. Um, he says, "For he was looking for the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God." Um, we need to live in the shadow of eternity. Um, it'll help us navigate this life now. Um, one of the key things I, I, I want to mention is like so many times in situations and, ex- and, and uh, experiences of my life, like I will, ch- I will literally change my response when I'm able to see what God's doing versus just like in the middle of the moment. Personally, like that's the only place I make right decisions. Um, like if I'm not thinking about it that way, then I'm probably not... Um, going to be effective in any way, shape, or form for the, for the kingdom in, in, in how I'm approaching something. And so as we think about living in the shadow of eternity, it's like I need to be able to see that shadow and be able to make decisions from a divine viewpoint um, and ask myself, like, like, God is in the middle of this. Like, what does he want me to learn um, in the middle of it? Um, Colossians 3, 1 and 2 is a great reminder about just, uh, says, um, to live our lives um, thinking about heaven. Live our lives thinking about heaven, um, where Christ is seated. And uh, before we get to verses 11 and 12, let me just hit the last one here before we close, which is, um, we, uh, walking by faith or pleasing God is... is, uh, is it is tied to a personal God. 
He says, whose architect and builder is God, therefore God is not ashamed to call them their call us call him their God. He has prepared a city for them. God is intimately involved in each of our lives. Like he has been preparing this city. The city we saw before was this new Jerusalem, right? That's coming in the future. It's the heavenly city. It says it's got eternal foundations. God is the builder of it. When he says he's building it for them, I can't help but but draw the lines to say like he's like so involved and has created like this special place that's going to resonate with who I am and everything about me. He knows and he's been like have you ever like made something for somebody and like like you put a lot into it and you just like God knows we're gonna he's gonna we're gonna appreciate it. We don't know how great it's gonna be. And he's like prepared all these things beforehand for us. Um so um we'll pause there, but any thoughts in closing um from a standpoint of big observations of some of the things that we've talked about as far as how to please God about these men and these women so far. Any thoughts? Culture. Yeah. Like how do you change that? I mean, this is kind of a little bit what we were talking about on Wednesday night, but uh, well, only change that in culture itself is what is struggle with that. Yeah. Also reminded of thing that we're, there is in that example failure. Amen. I can get reference to outside of myself, mm-hmm. my wife. Remarkable is God is calling us fully invest all of our faculties. It's automatic. <laughs> if you look, if you lie in him, my kids in not saying it's not important for us to be primacy of focus. Primacy yeah. I will do the rest. That's how well, just like I closed my email, um, it, it, it really matters. It really matters. Press on. Steady on. Steady on. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. Dave, would you close us in prayer? Amen. Have a great day. There's a book that we handed out for you. It's, it's, um, it's pretty simple, but it's really, really well done. Um, so, there's. Two weeks from yesterday, I might be able to do something. Get two weeks from yesterday. Ah, okay. This Saturday, okay. Okay, okay. Oh, if you go, you'll be gone for three. Okay. Uh, it'll become more clear. Okay. We'll, be, we'll uh. I want to get back before I don't. Okay. You know, I want to be in town. Yeah. Then, and then head into. Yeah.
So will that uh, three, four weeks then, you think? Or? Probably, yeah. Yeah.